Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right. Welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. I am so excited <laughs> to be recording this podcast. And I'll tell you why I'm so excited today. <laughs> And why Selena's cracking up next to you? <laughs> there was some work being done outside the recording studio uh, that was obviously impacting our ability to record. So while we were waiting for this work to finish, we decided that it was a great opportunity for a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this is the Love Lab and, you know, we, we test everything that we talk about. And so we decided while we were waiting for the work to be completed that it was a great time for a blowjob. So uh, needless to say, I am so excited to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode 23, and it is all about what you absolutely need to know about safe sex and the mistakes you're making. Yes, this is a really important conversation to have. And there's really two main reasons why we really want to have this conversation. Well, number one, you know, uh, it's because there's things like herpes, syphilis, mm, gonorrhea, hepatitis, chlamydia, HIV, genital warts. I guess, I mean, you get the idea, right? <laughs> yes. And number two, probably most of the people listening think that this doesn't really apply to them. And it does. Basically, if you are sexually active, it applies to you. It does. And, but there's, there's another level, too, that people don't think about. And so, like, I'll give you an example from my own personal life. A few, a few years back, I was in an open relationship, and I had, I think, two lovers at the time. I'm pretty sure it was only two. <laughs> um, and I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine who was uh, of the monogamous variety. <laughs> <laughs> I have known him for years and years and so you know we're guys we're talking about stuff and and you know over the years he had kind of given me a little bit of shit for you know like being poly and that sort of thing and but yet every time we would get together I would listen to him tell me a story about a new woman that he met on whatever dating site he was on at the time and how he had sex with her And so, you know, my brain was just sort of subconsciously uh, keeping track of the math. <laughs> And one day I had to say to him, I go, you know what? You're so full of shit. I said, yeah, I might be poly and I have, you know, two lovers, three lovers, whatever. But I've only had sex with two women in the last month. By your stories, I'm counting up the math. You've had sex with at least seven women this month. Mm -hmm. And actually, that was probably a low number because he was going on two or three dates a week, usually with different women. <laughs> <laughs> so even if you consider yourself monogamous and you're out on the dating sites, this probably applies to you even more than somebody that doesn't consider themselves monogamous. Yeah, actually, because people that identify as uh, non-monogamous, they're more aware of the risks that are involved in, in having sex with multiple people. And it's a subject that is talked about. It's discussions that are brought in the open. And, and it's not, it's, it's absolutely 
a normal conversation to have. It's yeah. normalized, I want to say. And it's not only numbers, right? Like comparing, okay, I've had sex with three women, you've had sex with five women. Like it's not just the numbers game. But the reality is, is that in my situation at that time, it was the same people all the time. We had established relationships mm-hmm. where we knew each other intimately. Mm-hmm. Whereas in his case, it was complete and total strangers that he was meeting online. Yeah. He knows nothing about them. Exactly. So it's like, how much trust do you have? How much can you really know a person? And the risks that are involved with like a one, you know, like a one-time sex and versus somebody that you've explored for a long time. And then you really know their history, their behaviors, and they've really not just said things, but showed up like and demonstrated what they said and talked about. Then it it creates a deeper level there. And it's it's a very different experience. So basically this episode is for anybody except maybe two people in a monogamous relationship who have decided they will never, ever have sex with anybody else ever again for the rest of their life yeah and so that means it's not a lot of people because i deal with a lot of men that have affairs if you are in a relationship and you have a girlfriend on the side guess what this applies to you (laughs) (laughs) so you got it you know this we need to talk about this if you're thinking about opening up your relationship this This applies applies to you you. (laughs) if you're dating this this applies to you (laughs) (laughs) so i want to maybe Define a little bit what what does safe sex really mean, right? And what does it look like? So we just threw in some names here of like different disease or infections or you know whatever term you want to use that you can get. And one thing is I also want to say that a lot of these are easily treatable. And it's not what it used to be. And it's like, okay, you take a pill and sure, it sucks for a few weeks, but then it's done and over for a lot of those things. Some of them will stay with you for a lifetime, like herpes. But herpes is not such a big deal because herpes is like, it's a virus. It's kind of, um, it's kind of like, hey, I've got a cold, basically, um, it just sucks because it's on your face or on your genitals or like kind of gets in the way and then it's contagious, but so is the flu. And uh, we don't make such a big deal about it. And, um, you know, all about maybe HIV, that's, that'd be the one that really is like the most serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, because we're not focusing on the STDs themselves in this episode, we didn't bother to like go pull up all the facts and the mm-hmm. numbers and stuff. But um, you know, you mentioned something about herpes, and herpes really does have quite the uh, stigma mm-hmm. in in you know whether it's open relating circles, dating circles, whatever it is. People are like ah, 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 right, so they get kind of really freaked out about it. But interestingly enough, if I recall somewhat accurately off the top of my head, it's like. Mm -hmm. of the population already has it. Yeah, exactly. So it's way more common than you think. And you may not even know that you have it because most tests, they don't even bother doing it anymore because so many people have it. it. That's that's what they'll tell you at the clinic. We don't even test for it because everyone tests positive anyway. Exactly. So unless you specifically ask for it, it's... They just take it for yeah. granted that you've already got it. And even if you've never had an outbreak in your entire life, you could still be a carrier mm-hmm. of it. That's pretty common. But that's not really the focus of no. our of our show. The focus of our show is what are the best practices around making sure that you don't contract one of these things to begin with. Yeah. And also it's about normalizing conversations here. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are rather like they like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. This is uncomfortable. 
And I'm like, what would you prefer? Have a 10 minutes of an uncomfortable conversation or have like a lifetime of like issues because you weren't playing it safe? I know which one I would be choosing. Mm-hmm. I know which one I'm choosing. That's the one I'm doing. But um, we're also going to give you here some guidelines on how to have this conversation because a lot of people are like, well, how do you even talk about this? So the first thing here is understanding that, yes, there is infections and disease that can be transmitted. That if you are having a fluid exchange, you're putting yourself at risk. That means that it is a decision that you make that every time you're going to interact intimately with somebody that there is always a chance that you're going to open the door to something. And, well, you have to outweigh the risks and benefits versus uh, the negatives of it and see, hey, (laughs) is it still worth it? But if you understand that, then it's in your awareness, then you can take steps to make this not a big deal. Absolutely. Mm. The biggest step, of course, being have some conversations, mm-hmm. right? Communication. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have a we have a, a friend called Reed Maholko that's um, that's really put together a really cool like difficult conversation formula or elevator speech. He calls it the safe sex elevator speech, and it's a really good speech that uh, we've been using and that we would recommend people using because it helps to open up the conversation and talk about these things. So let's share that speech with you. Yeah, so not only does it help to open up the conversation, but it's it's literally a formula mm-hmm. that has certain components in it. And if you follow the formula, then you won't miss any important bits of information. Exactly. So it's really it's really good at that, especially, you know, if you're dating quite a lot and you need to have this conversation often, it's easy to... Uh, omit certain parts of very important information. Mm -hmm. So it's good to kind of follow the formula. So let's look at the formula here. So the first thing, number one, is to share your results with the person. When were you last tested and what were you tested for? So that implies that you have been tested already and that you're aware of your results. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. the first step, right? So you take action. If you haven't been tested, if you don't know what you've got and what your results are, go and get a blood test done. Mm -hmm. And there's places where they do it for free or or at a very low cost, uh, like different like clinics. And there's also places that do it for like... uh, a pretty nominal fees, a few hundred dollars, but it's faster um, and it's more convenient because there's like you can go anytime you want. Uh, so depending where you are, you can choose which option suits you best. But that's step number one: get tested, know your results, and disclose everything. When were you last tested, and what were you tested for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, the results of that. Yeah. And then, well, I'll let you go on to the next step. Ah, your second step, now that you've shared that, is your protocol. What are your protocols when it comes to safer sex? What are also your needs? So it's like, do you use condoms? Do you use dental dams? Are you fluid bonded with somebody? Fluid bonded meaning that you exchange fluids. (laughs) Meaning that there's somebody that you have sex with that you don't use condoms. No protections, yeah. Or protection or something. Exactly. Which is very common when when you are coupled with somebody like let's say even in a poly situation mm-hmm. you have maybe two people one person whatever it is that you're like okay we are fluid bonded but we're the only ones that where we have that agreement exactly so then what's your protocol uh if when you meet somebody new so for me uh even 
before I had tried uh, being in open relationship, my protocol was to always use condoms with new people until we were in an established relationship and we talk about how we're going to handle the whole pregnancy and you know, like STI and the relationship in itself. And once I felt safe, then I would see whether or not I would remove condoms or not. But in my younger year, condoms were just a, a, like I used them all the time because that was my form of birth control. Uh, so it was just a given for me. And if you didn't want to put condoms with me, then we just wouldn't have sex. And so you need to know those things for yourself. It's very important to get clear, like, what do you need? Um, the whole thing like, oh, it was so hard. We we just got into the moment and we forgot about it. Like, no, like know these things before the heat of the moment. And if you want to use condoms, make sure you always have condoms with you. So you don't depend on somebody else to have those condoms when you yeah. need them. And and that goes for both men and women. Of course. In, in, in the old days, it used to be like, well, it's the man's responsibility to make sure he has condoms. That's bullshit. It's everybody's responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we continue this conversation, I want to finish with the formula here. Because yes. there's a third step and a fourth step. It's a fourth step's formula. The third step is... so. First, you shared you shared when you were last tested. Then you shared your protocol, and then you have to say, like, updates since you were last tested. Because maybe the last time you were tested was ten months ago. Did something happen between these months, like the time you get tested and today? Yes, I had sex with thirty-five women. <laughs> condom broke, or I didn't use any condoms, or things like that. That's really important. It's a busy year. <laughs> <laughs> just <I'm>, kidding <laughs> and then the fourth step is to say what about you so this is a two-way conversation as you can see you're not just the only one who's taking a plunge the other one has to take it you're just the brave one who's going to do it first yeah and you know something that's not really necessarily part of the safe sex elevator speech but is really cool to kind of add in uh at the end, once you get through the the STI stuff, is like that's a really good time also to say, hey, here are the things that I like in sex. Mm-hmm. Here are the things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Here are the things that are totally off limits. Mm-hmm. Like let's take them off the table. But here are the things that I really, really do want. Or here's something I'd like to try at some point. I'm not open to it yet, but yeah. I'd like to. So, so that's another way of taking the conversation in a direction where it's not just about like, all right, fine, let's do it. Let's talk about this subject that nobody wants to talk about, right? So you can talk about it and you yeah. can get that over with and then you can use that as a way to lead into other things like, ooh, here's what I would really like. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Reed Mahoko, for creating a safe sex speech, uh, elevator speech for us all to use. Yeah. And we will post it in the show notes so that you have it because if you haven't memorized it, print it, put it in your wallet. On your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is also a, a good time when you're having this discussion to, to also add to that something that um, you and I do all the time, which is, okay, so we just talked about all that stuff. And at the end, I might say something like, 
if I had it all my way, mm-hmm. here's what I would have, or here's what I would do, or here's the way it would be, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a really cool place to kind of throw that if I had it all my way in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you opened up the conversation. So it make me, makes me think of a question that we get a lot, that we have often when you're like, okay, so what if you haven't been tested And how do you have that conversation about getting tested with your partner? Because for some people that are listening today, it is like, well, actually, I've never been tested. I've never had that thought, but now I'm seeing somebody, I'm in a relationship. How do I, how do I bring this up? Right? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it could, it can be different depending on the the situation. So, uh, in this situation, uh, do these two people just get together? How many times have they had sex already? Like, or have they been together for a long time? Like, mm-hmm. what? Because how you approach that might be a little bit different. Yeah, but I would say, I mean, even though, it, let's say you've been together with somebody, it's just kind of like. It's the same that if you start to read something about a new health benefit of a certain food, you may not have been eating that food and then you learn that this is so good for you. What do you do? You come to your partner and you say, I've read all about the benefit of X food. And if we were to do X food, it would bring this and that to our life and we would feel so much better. Well, pretty much do it the same when it comes to sexuality. Be like, wow, I never really realized about like... Like things that can happen, like I want to know about my health. I want to know about having like safe sex practices. And I've been reading, researching or hearing about this. And I'd like to get tested so that I know for myself. And since you and I are in a relationship, let's make it a fun date. Let's do it <laughs> together. What do you think? You know? Yeah. So so those that's two people who've already been in a relationship mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, here's a cool new idea. I just read something about this. Maybe we should do that. Let's make it fun. We'll turn it into dinner, lunch, do something cool. Mm-hmm. You know. That's one way. I would like to maybe spend a little bit more time addressing how do we have that discussion with somebody that we're not like we just met or we're thinking yes. we're planning on going on a date or we're on a date right now and we're having the discussion, right? Because mm-hmm. that's really the time to bring it up. The best time to bring it up is right in the beginning. Of course, of I, course. Which is, of course, the most awkward time because you barely know the person and you're like, oh God, I don't really want to have this conversation. <laughs> and it's like, basically, we haven't had sex and I'm assuming we're about to have sex. And by having this conversation, I'm kind of saying that I want to have sex. Is that okay if I'm the first one to say it? <laughs> you know, our crazy minds there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had the first course of uh, dinner tonight. And at this point, I've already decided I'd like to have sex. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, really... Honestly, it's always, we always come back to it. That's about communication. And I think it's, it comes to knowing yourself first and knowing what your standards are. And it's about having that discussion, saying like, these are my standards. I, before I engage sexually with anybody, I need to know when they were last tested, what their results were, and I want to have a full discussion about how we are going to be sexual together and if we are going to see other people, how are we going to handle that? Yeah, and so two things that I love about that. Uh, the first one is, is that if you're aware of that already and you're out on the dating scene, you're not waiting until you actually get a date scheduled to have the conversation and then decide to go get tested. You're like, hey, I'm single, I'm on the market, I'm (laughs) looking, right? 
Uh-huh. I'm just going to go get tested. Exactly. I'm already going to have that information. Yes. And then when you actually do go out on a date with somebody and, and this it's time for this discussion, you make it about yourself and mm-hmm. not about them. No, it's like, here are my results. I used to have them on my phone and be like, here are my results if you want to visually see them. And, um, and that way it creates a trust and a deeper bond already. And... And what it does also is it, it, it takes it's it's no longer, well, I don't know if I trust you. I don't know where you've mm-hmm. been. I don't know what your habit. It's not about that anymore. It's about here's my standards. Here's what I require mm-hmm. if I'm going to be in a sexual relationship with somebody. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing about you at all. No. I have a protocol that I follow. I've been tested on this date. Here are my results. You know, here's what I was tested for. Here were the results of that testing. Here's, you know, my protocol that I follow. Here are the things that I like and dislike. And Mm -hmm. now that I've gotten all that out and you know everything about me, about me, I I would love for you to share with me. (laughs) So another question that comes to mind is how often do you get tested then? And I think it really depends on your relationship. So when, um, when we were in open relationships, we would get tested more often. And usually, and it depends on how often you have sex with new partners, how often there's new people added to that whole uh, scenario. Uh, anywhere from about every three to six months is about, I want to say, regular if you are dating new people regularly. Now, if you are in a monogamous relationship with somebody and you guys just don't have sex with other people, well, you don't really have a need for that. But if you like to go play sometimes from time to time or open or go to a party, it's good to know that. And so maybe it's something you do, I don't know, once a year or every couple year, like something like that. If it's like you're the only people that play together and it's like, well, we haven't had sex with anyone but us. It's, it's pretty clear. Last time we were tested, even if it was a year ago, we haven't been exposed to anything else. So the results will be the same. Yeah. So you have to decide the frequency based on how many different people you're having sex with and you know, whether or not they're constantly new people or if they're mm-hmm. always the same people. So I've seen everything from... Every once month. a year, yeah, <laughs> all the way down to once a month. Yes, yeah. yes. Some, some people who are extremely sexually active with a lot of different partners will go every month. But you know, I do have to say, too, that every month is probably about the soonest you could go yeah. because it actually takes some time for some of these things to show up in the tests. Yeah, it does. So, so like if you had sex today and you went and got tested tomorrow and you were clear and you're like, sweet, all good. Not necessarily. Exactly, exactly. And uh, they will tell you the exact number of days or weeks you're supposed to wait to know yeah. for things. So, um, so okay, I want to see about, let's say you are in a relationship, you've been tested, and um, you are fluid bonded, so you don't use any condoms there. Uh, and then you see other people. And there's something that happens where there's a condoms that breaks or condoms that get lost. <laughs> Which has happened to us. (laughs) (laughs) It's happened to a lot of people, especially, uh, this is just a little aside for our audience, but 
if you've really learned how to have, you know, what some people would call tantric lovemaking or, you know, what we teach in our courses, which is how to last as long as you want and ride the waves over long periods of time. And there's all kinds of juices and maybe there's female ejaculation and all this stuff going on. Condoms tend to not stay on very well through long, multi-orgasmic mm-hmm. ejaculation rich sessions. Yeah. And by the way, we're talking about a male condom here. I just yes. want to clarify because we were having this discussion yesterday and I was telling Kevin we should try female condom for our audience and see and make different like like experiments in our love lab to know really if we can recommend that. So that's an experiment that's coming up. I've actually used female condoms before, but I, I didn't really pay attention to the subtle differences as far as like, okay, if you're going to have sex for an hour and a mm-hmm. half and you know, you're going to ejaculate once or twice throughout that, like, how does that really affect it? Like, yeah. I didn't really pay attention in the past when I've used those to how they are affected by that. Well, I have not yet used female condom. Uh-huh. So it's always been a thing that I thought maybe I should try one day. Okay. So, hey, put it on our bucket list. Stay, stay tuned for a uh, future <laughs> product review. <laughs> so back to our scenario where, let's say, the, the, so there's something that happens, the condom breaks or disappears. That means there's an exposure, fluid to fluid with somebody else. How do you deal with that? Well, the first thing is you notified everybody that you are in a relationship in a relationship with that this happened. So that then they can make a decision. Do I want to stay exposed by having sex with you? Do we start using condoms until you get retested and everything gets cleared out? Like, do we wait like a quarantine? like time where we like waiting a certain number of days like everybody is different and and here's the thing is that decision like okay so let's say you uh have four lovers and you're <laughs> with one lover and you lose a condom a condom breaks somehow there's exposure and now you tell the other three lovers it's not your decision whether or not you're going to wait or you're going to go back to condoms or you're going to do whatever. It's every one of their individual mm-hmm. decisions. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So each one of your lovers gets to decide what they feel comfortable with. Because this is really, it comes down to your own needs. And that's why, again, like, how do I ask, how do I ask somebody? It's like, you just make it, this is your requirement. And it comes down to you. It's, yeah. it's essential. So it's, it's back to that communication piece mm-hmm. is making sure that everybody that's involved knows all of the details mm-hmm. and then they can make informed decisions on their own. Yes. So you've been tested. You've had your speech. Now, what are your options? Uh-huh. Uh, this is pretty cool, right? <laughs> so we've mentioned condoms. Condoms, male, female condoms, they're all different options. They are really good as a barrier, uh, but sometimes they, they're annoying. It's true. And, you know, like everything, it has pros and cons. And, and, you know, I will say this too, that, you know, people think that once you put a condom on that literally you have zero exposure to fluids. And that's really just not true, yeah. especially if you're having good sex. <laughs> If you have your typical five to seven minute sex, well, yeah, then there's probably very little fluid exposure. But if you're really having good sex, long sex, Mm -hmm. sex where both partners are really turned on and there's fluids all over the place, they get all around the base of of your genitals Mm -hmm. and the condom and all that. And there's still a potential for exposure. And that's... Reminds me of a mistake when we were saying, hey, some of the mistakes you might be making, because some people will, you know, put a condom on and not have the 
quite the right amount of lubrication and then go into different sex positions and twists and things and that is really not ideal for a condom that's usually how they break yeah that's usually how they break not using enough lubrication yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so being aware of that. But so condoms, I think, are a really good way to protect yourself still. And like we said, there's nothing that's 100% like safe but abstinence. Right, and that's and no fun. That? So. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're just like going to take a chance because you're a sexual being and like, hey, whatever. Um, the other thing to use are dental dams and, uh, and gloves. And um, I really like, you know, in my work, I use gloves all of the all the time. And gloves are so easy because it's easy to put them on, to do the touch, whether it's external genital touch, internal with prostate massage, and then you can throw the gloves away and it's done, or you can change it in between each, you know, each person. And by the way, if you're having sex with multiple partner, do change the condom in between. You do not keep the same condom. <laughs> or the same gloves. Or the same gloves. No. Or or the god, same no. anything oh god no please and go rinse off your mouth you know a little bit of mouthwash would be good in between so yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i just had to throw this out there as a mistake <laughs> i'm like oh my god <laughs> well, as silly as it sounds we've watched people make these mistakes absolutely and, and, and even people who should really know better exactly and as as erotic and fantastic as having a pussy buffet sounds going from one to another without rinsing and having discussion and just licking off the different pussies and yeah it's not the safest practice if, if you've all had your your discussion beforehand done your safe sex elevator speech and you know all of your test results then okay you know have at it but the times that we've witnessed that I, we know for sure that has not been yeah. the case yeah absolutely <laughs> Ultimately, don't obsess on that, you know, but be aware of having safe, se safe sex practices because, again, it's so much easier to deal with something before than to try to have to, like, repair something afterward and then have this conversation. It makes for things so much more awkward. Yeah, and I would say that, um, you know, taking the proper steps to make sure you have safe sex really is ultimately always your own responsibility. Mm -hmm. So everybody is an adult or at least almost an adult, close enough to being an adult, you just have to take personal responsibility for making sure that you're healthy and taken care of, for making sure that you're having the conversations beforehand, and for making sure that you're taking the appropriate steps during. Mm -hmm. And I want to think of it as like, I love that, that responsibility as that piece of like, the same that if you've got the flu or a cough you don't go and kiss everybody and hug everyone you tend to step back and be like hey i'm not feeling well and i think when it comes to sexuality it's the same and be proactive it means if something happened and you weren't sure if you see a weird like thing on your genitals that wasn't there before you like say hey i've got this pimple i don't know what that is or this red dot or it's a little itchy maybe we shouldn't have sex like be proactive and responsible. And if you do those steps, everybody that's involved will feel so much better, yourself included. Yeah, and it's it's always better if you just take care of it up front rather than waiting. Yeah, and it's just 10 minutes that's a little like uncomfortable and then everything is good. So I hope this conversation was inspiring. And uh, as we're still at the beginning of the year, if you're listening to this show as we are releasing it, you can take new steps for this new year for a healthy, safe sex year. That's right. So we wish you a 2019 full of lots of sex and not just sex, good sex and safe sex. 
We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.